Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Running Things Considered. And as we're recording this podcast, some uh, big news is going on in the running world. I'm a little frazzled. Okay, I uh, I thought of another intro, but then I said, screw it. You know, I, I want to talk about this. Apparently, and this is as of right now, it's probably going to unfold over the podcast. The Bowerman Track Club is uh, not going to the uh, Olympic trials, which is nuts. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Before we go on, I got to say that statement I just said is completely untrue. And we saw there's this big Bowerman announcement. We went into Let's Run and all the comments were just making stuff up. And I guess I just ran with that. But the story unfolds over this podcast. And, you know, we kind of figure out what it is. But the Bowerman Track Club will be at the trials. And that was just a bunch of hoopla that I was just grabbing for content on Let's Run. And that's what I found. But that's not true. The real story is later. You know, j- j- just letting y'all know that I'm not crazy. I'm not nuts. You know, I- I'm probably going to think of a better hot take on that. But right now, um, the only thing that comes to my head is this is nuts. Um, well, you know, but you know, what's not nuts is uh, the guest we have. I mean, he's a little nuts. He's, he's kind of nuts. He's, he's pretty nuts. But, uh, you know, I might be saying that. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and introduce him. He graduated from UVA. He started a software engineering job you know, hanging out with the athlete special, you know, and then uh, in Seattle, I may be saying this all wrong, but you know, this is just the oh, you got terrible it. note that I have. Uh, right and track. then he said, you know, I'm, I'm gonna put my words in, in your mouth for you. Uh, he said, you know, this is crazy. I'm going have a bit of an existential crisis and like life can't be it. This can't be all that life has to offer. Okay. And so he started a YouTube channel and started training to become something. And that something is a triathlete. And although his YouTube channel is pretty new, I don't even think 50 videos, maybe not even 30 videos, but it's, it's really popped off and it's really taken my attention. And I'm really excited for this podcast. We have Ari Clow. Thanks for the intro. You crushed it. You, did, I, did I really? Yeah, well, yeah, you got pretty, pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> so I, I, how have you been? To, what, what workout did you do today? Because I'm sure it's probably something silly uh yeah so it was, uh, it was uh mondays are generally pretty easy so i had uh, a good. swim this morning it's about i'm averaging about three thousand yards a day uh which is on the the much lower side for uh what most triathletes would be doing but just because i'm so new to the swim my coach is bringing me along slowly and focusing more on trying to fix my form yeah. so i had that swim in the morning uh it was raining it was cold uh, the pool was cold, but uh, we basically got in. We thought we were going to get kicked out for lightning, but it didn't end up thundering or lightning. So got the whole That's set good. in and then I uh, had a 70 minute bike, which is uh, a lot shorter than usual, but it had uh, 10 by 30 seconds hard overgeared, which basically means go in a very high gear so that your cadence is low. And what that does is it forces your uh, it's really high cadence works your, uh, aerobic system. Um, so I can pedal, I can push a lot of power at really high cadence sure. cause I'm strong, sure. but my, my legs are actually pretty weak. Um, you would probably push some serious, some serious power. Uh, Maybe. My, Maybe. Oh yeah. Eight, 800 miles. You could get on the bike and you push power and you could go low cadence, but I just can't do that. So that's pretty just like going as lactic as quick as possible. Right. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty quick. So, I mean, um, yeah it's in in terms of zones what i was doing i would i would be able to hold it for probably four or five minutes um so 30 seconds of that 10 times okay um and then right off right off the bike was a 30 minute run 
So and that's just pra- practicing, just running, you know, off the bike. So uh, nothing super intense, but you just got the trifecta in there, all three disciplines. And wow. Uh, normally I would have core, but I think my coach just forgot to uh, put it in there, my training there was more. this week. There was there more. would be more. Last week there was more. <laughs> the week before there was more. But I, I think he just forgot to put all the uh, the core workouts in, the, in my schedule this week. And uh, I didn't say anything this morning. I thought about it, but I had already walked away. So I wasn't going to go back and ask for core. No, definitely not. Yeah, I see. That seems like like quite the ridiculous workload. Because I know for running, you're limited. Because if you, I guess if you go for too long or whatever, your bones just snap, you know, and you don't well, want yeah, You don't but even want to ask me about my spin. thoughts on that. <laughs> uh my uh yeah my my view on uh distance running training has has completely changed over the past several months since i, I believe it uh doing you know multi-sport because yeah running is is limited you can you know once you get you know some people do 140 miles a week or whatever that is and the marginal gains from going to you know even 90 to 140 are really yeah not that much right and uh the in terms of hours that you put in let's say if you're running 100 miles a week or let's just say you're running 90 miles a week and you're averaging 640 pace that's 10 hours of running a week which most people would think is is a lot but uh i am on again i'm i'm doing you know 20 you know 20 to 23 hours a week total and that's low my roommates are doing like 30 that's nuts that's crazy. Um, cause, cause I, I, I that makes sense. Cause I know like, I mean, there's plenty of examples of people on the top level that have, you know, a lot of cross training incorporated, you know, into the thing. I know, I know even like Morgan Caldwell Peterson, like he was in the middle of his triathlon training. He like hopped into this half marathon and like just crushed everybody, you know, crushed no him. talent, yeah. but you know, somehow he's just an amazing just hard work. Yeah. No talent, you know, all you know, hard work, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> But, but, but yeah, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm big into cross-training for me. I, I got the nickname land shark in uh, in high school and actually I gave myself that nickname just because I did a lot of aqua jogging because I was hurt. But then after I did that, like, you know, incorporating the aqua jogging and running, that's when I had just like these insane breakthroughs. So yeah, I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, no, it's the, the aerobic development from cross-training is like, it's the same as going for uh, just, you know, an easy hour run, you don't get the, the neuromuscular benefits of, of running. So you're missing out on something mm-hmm. there, but you can run a lot and cross train a lot and yeah. still show up to your workouts feeling good. That's kind of the yeah. one thing that I had realized from, from getting on Man. the bike. Well, it's, a, it's a whole new world. And I'm excited to get into it. Cause you know, uh, yeah, that, that sounds just like such like a, a crazy life to, you know, cause running already is crazy, but I feel like, you know, you know, triathlon is just a whole lot, a whole lot. Well, anyways, before, before we get into more juice, we're going to do the, the speed round and you, are you familiar with, you know, kind of how that goes? Uh, I'm guessing you uh, probably hit me with some things and I just got to nail it off the dome. You, you, you got it. That's exactly what we're doing. And what we're going to have, we're going to edit in dramatic music in the back and we're going to do that right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Have you ever fallen in a race? Yes, multiple times. Really? So, yeah. Do we want stories here? Yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, we, we can have time. We can pause pause the speed for a little bit. Uh, see, I mean, yeah. There's two particular cases. One time was my junior year, the state open, uh, which Connecticut. I mean, you know, you have uh, most states have divisions. Right, right. Uh, but then the state open is every the winners of all the divisions come and and it's the real state champion. And we were literally it was the it was the indoor 1600 
and we went we were running 440 pace for the first k and then 600 to go everyone just oh yeah goes gotta love it and uh yeah i was just stuck in the middle and so i i don't even know what happened i was running and then all of a sudden i was on the ground um, it felt pretty bad and then another second time was i think my junior year of college at wisconsin got trampled um we did so bad as a team um, my coach said it was the worst cross-country performance he had ever seen in 15 years of coaching <laughs> wow because, you know you know wisconsin is it's just a big open yeah. space and oh, it took yeah. us far away we were walking for probably five minutes just so he could yell at us without uh you know anybody hearing and suing him for abuse <laughs> um, well, but yeah and then i hard to do that yeah, I had to take a couple of days off because my back was actually messed up. They gave me wow. muscle relaxers for it, so it was that was like a real fall. But oh those are uh, those are the only two times I think were, that I did, did you were you did you do cross country 2019? Uh, Virginia Tech. Oh God, when it was just a, it was a pool. And like yeah, there was. A, do, do you remember that fall? There was a fall. Was there? Yeah, there like, there were like 20 people that went down like FSU's top guy went down and like he like still like got like 10th was like covered in blood. No, I actually don't remember that at all. I must have been either way behind it or way ahead of it. Uh, but based on how that cross season went, I'm guessing way behind it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cross country, that's fun. Anyways, all right, that was uh, the longest speed run question ever. All right. What's the best long run you've ever had? Best long run I have ever had. Um, God, there's so many good ones. Okay, the best one. It's got to be summer before, I want to say, my fourth year of college. Uh, me and Don Cabral tempoed a half marathon. It was 10-mile tempo and then three miles trying to break each other. He was still better than me at that point. Um, so I think we did 10 miles in about 54 or something, and then high 1450s for the last 5K. So we came in Jesus for 69 Christ. and a half marathon and then cooled down, uh, I think, seven miles after. So it was 22 miles total. With warm up, what? Tempo workout, cool down. So that's my longest run what? ever, and it's my half marathon PB. And what? I did it in streaks. I did it in streaks also. Oh my the whole half god! And the old, old streaks. <laughs> wow. And it was pouring rain. It was awesome. There's some great pictures from it. That's my best long run. Yeah, that's that's crazy impressive. That's crazy impressive. What's the worst part of triathlons? Uh that I didn't for me personally it's that I didn't swim growing up because I I'm literally a decade yeah. behind oh yeah. So, yeah do you think I could beat Lance Armstrong if I was on the fastest bike in the world and he was on like a like an like one of those old bikes with the big wheel in the front in what distance um I'm to say no dude that dude not only was he I'm on the best bike in the world this dude was the absolute best juicer the thing is let's say let's say like that bike costs you to i mean i actually don't know much about those big you know you're talking about the fat like you know, the fat wheel. the fat big wheel ones in like in like the black and white movies yeah like those old ones all i will say is uh it would be close and that's just telling you how good that okay. dude and those dudes okay. were back in those days like he would find a way he would find yeah. a way I believe that I, I was thinking about like saying like a, a trike you know a tricycle or something but you know i think if it has wheels like lance armstrong in his day juiced up 
Like it's gonna Forget be hard to it. beat him, regardless. You you, yeah. you could be in a car and it'd be hard to beat. Him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I get it now. Okay, what is the best part of triathlons? Um, that the run is last. That's true. I'm good at it. That's yeah. true. It's good for, again. Best for me. How easy is YouTube? Uh, a lot easier than I thought. Really? Honestly. Uh, dude, it's like I put I put a complete shit quality video, and I'm like, hey, I know this video is kind of shit quality. Sorry, and everyone's like, this is the best video ever. <laughs> the word they say they say when it's shit quality, everyone says it's so authentic. That's what uh, they say. And it's like it's fun. It's cool. Guy. I'm an authentic guy. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what that means. Oh man, what's longer, the Amazon River or the circumference of Earth? I feel like this should be a simple question. Uh, it, I'm gonna say the Amazon River because the way you said it sounds like it's like the small intestine goes around. I mean, yeah, it's probably yeah. circumference of Earth. It, yeah, it, it's I mean, probably. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a geography major. Yeah, but it's yeah. possible though. No. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not. I honestly, I didn't check that. I just thought it was a ridiculous thing to ask. But what if the Amazon is wrapped around like the small intestine? Oh, I would feel stupid. I'm not gonna. Let's not Riddle. look that up. Let's let's <laughs> let, let's let me feel smart. All right. What's the last thing you ate? Um, I guess it was a it was a bunch of potatoes, a bunch of potatoes, lentils, black beans. Hell dinner. yeah. Where are you in ten years? Uh, like physically, uh, that's me, my dog, uh, and he's nice. finally old and he doesn't get the zoomies anymore and he just likes to cuddle. Nice. And, uh, and, uh, the love of my life. I know who she is. Um, I don't know if she knows, but I know. And, <laughs> uh, and, uh, my boy Johnny Pace is there also living in my house, uh, filming me, everything I, I do. And uh, we're still filming sick-ass triathlon videos. Hell yeah. And well, flaming yeah, beats. So what you're doing right now in 10 years? With but, a smoking but hot 10 years, but Yes, and 10 years fitter. Okay. And, and more money. A lot more money. How much more money? Millions like Big more house? Dollars. Penthouse, penthouse? Uh, not like penthouse, penthouse. I mean, it could be... I, I'm not too concerned about the size of the house. I'm more... I'm more uh, Location. Do I have a, a crazy location? Uh, yeah. Do I have the sickest studio? Do I have a twenty-five thousand dollar Mac Pro tower that can, you know, handle? Because my computer crashes when I make music. It's like it's like that. Oh, um, good. Yeah. So I mean, just enough that uh, um, I can just buy things. Honestly, you're you're were you uh, you're, you're in software, right? Yeah. You're on you're software engineer. You're on yeah. a software engineer salary. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I don't know if it's like that where you live, but I mean, I was just swiping my credit card and I was like, uh, I know, I made more than I spent today, you know. So I, I definitely can't do that anymore. But like that, but times ten is, is yeah. what it'll be. With with a hot hot wife filming YouTube videos doing triathlons. Yeah, perfect. And now we ask everybody this, you know, this is a big question. Last week, we had maybe one of the best answers we've ever gotten. It was, it was maybe like a five minute answer from Eric Jenkins. But this question is, what is your favorite apple? Uh, Granny Smith. Granny Smith. That was his the most, favorite. Wow. Really? I, I think when I think of my favorite apple, I think if I'm just going to cut an apple uh -huh. and eat it and there's no additives, 
it's going to be Granny Smith every time. I see. He, he was hating on Granny Smith because of the size. You see, he didn't like the sourness and the size is too big. You know, he said is you know, it's the kind of apple that you have to like think about before you eat. He was a big Gala guy. You know. Yeah, I would say Gala. I mean, there are so many other apples. If you, I would not make applesauce with a Granny Smith. I wouldn't make you know a baked okay. cinnamon apple with a Granny uh -huh. Smith. But I think. I think that almost adulterates the the question because you're you're adding so much to it. I think if we're doing if we're being pure for apples, just eating an apple, it's Granny Smith. If we want to go, you know, what is the most versatile apple? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Pink Lady or Gala. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. You know, it's got to be a red apple. Yeah. For sure. Way yeah. More, way more versatile. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well. You know, I, I feel like, you know, we, you elaborated more than, than most people do on that. So I'm, I'm proud, you know, most people just say the color. They say just like green, you know, green. But, okay. You know, yeah. We're getting know. There. I, know, I know some stuff. I have, you know, general knowledge. That's what I'm talking about. Software engineering. You know, we're geniuses, right? Geniuses. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolute wizards. <laughs> well, and that ends the speed round questions. A lot of them were very, not, not so speedy, but that's good. You know, that's good. You guys, you guys, sometimes you got to slow it down. Sometimes you got to slow. I got a feeling this is going to be a, you know, a slower, more, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to unleash wisdom back to back to back on this podcast. I guess we'll let the I people know. That's I, I, I got a feeling that's kind of how it's going to be. Well, now getting to the fun part of the podcast. Ari said you kind of, you know, you have sort of an idea of how this podcast goes. And for those that are Ari fans first listening to this podcast, we have five trivia questions that somehow go into like interview questions that have to do with Ari's life. So if you're not entirely sure, like, like most of these questions are just like, you, you probably won't know, but then until you kind of like think about yourself and kind of like walk through the steps you'd be like, Oh, this is kind of what he's asking me about. Right. It's like when Ben Crawford didn't understand that you were asking him about the first edition of a magazine. I was right. Like listening. I was like, listening. I was like, dude, <laughs> we were trying but you know if you're if you're in the spotlight I, you know sometimes it might catch me yeah no I, yeah, yeah. I, I will say you know i made it hard on myself and some of these are very random but so you know but you know let's just get right into it let's just get right into it all right the first question margaret hamilton a computer and systems engineer coined this term to describe her role on the apollo program that is still in use today what is this term she coined? God, I mean, software engineer. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Okay, all right. Literally nailed it. <laughs> I was gonna accept like computer scientist or anything in the field, but you you verb hit it on the on the nail. Right. That was impressive. Cool. That was impressive. So I have a twenty. I have a twenty on the test so far. You do. So far, the you have a twenty. I can do is an F. Not passing, but you know. All right. Not we're yet. getting there we're getting there so we, we kind of touch on this a little bit but i i, I kind of want to dive in obviously you know you got uva you get a computer science degree i'm assuming yep get a computer science degree you're like this is probably the safest choice and it is the safest choice so you go you go to seattle and i feel like a lot of my friends even myself had this like post quarantine or like sorry mid quarantine almost like existential crisis where, you know, you land like a comfortable job and then you kind of like, you know, you kind of think to yourself like this can't be all there is. Um, and then most people just kind of complain, don't act on it. I feel like you kind of acted on it, you know? 
Yeah, the progression was was actually very interesting because uh, my boss, former boss, is never going to listen to this, but shout out John, chillest boss that was ever out there, and he knew he knew I had dreams. He knew you know back when I took the job, and, and it's, it's probably worth saying I was doing my fifth year. I was getting my master's in computer science, and within a semester, I realized I hated it, and I didn't. I you know undergrad yeah. is undergrad you can you can kind of bs your way through undergrad a little bit and run mm-hmm. um you know, train at a high level but grad school is an absolute beast and yeah. it's the same it's if you don't put every answer you're being into it you're not going to succeed and so i was doing uh, my grades were were awful um i was on academic probation after my first semester and wow. I, I don't know how i'm gonna pull this out because like i i was working hard first semester i don't know how i'm gonna right you know make make it work and run well you know sleep enough to run well and yeah not be doing work all the time uh so in a way covid was was uh awesome in that regard uh, obviously i didn't get that outdoor season and that's probably i mean it was the fittest i ever was which is unfortunate but um i was starting to feel a bit restricted by the ncaa and i hated my program so once everything got canceled it was actually a pretty easy decision to withdraw because i called mm-hmm. my my now former boss and asked if I withdrew would he hire me just on the spot and he said oh yeah yeah drop the fuck out of school like you don't need that come work for me hell yeah um so yeah march all the way until the following january i was working so first it was in charlottesville and then moved to boulder with uh with spencer boulder that's right um was working all through boulder and then he signed his uh brooks contract we moved to seattle and was working all through seattle uh and uh for a while, it was it was great. Uh, the hours were flexible enough that I could basically get in all the running I needed. And again, this comes back to the fact that you just don't need to run that much to be a professional runner. The professional runners don't run that much. You can have a full-time job and, uh, and run at a very high level. The issue was when I got injured in September or October, and it was, it was a pretty bad injury, like probably, uh, I want to say like the worst of my career. I haven't had too many really bad injuries, but this one, I, I could barely walk. So bought a bike trainer, started just biking on the porch. It was raining every day. So, uh, but biking, you can just do like all the time. You can do it for hours and hours. And I got hooked and I just wanted to be biking all the time. And then as I was really back to running, I wanted to bike and run. I wanted to do crazy doubles every day. I wanted to just put in the hours. And so that's when it sort of started to uh, resent being at the computer because I felt I wasn't maximizing the amount of biking I could be doing. Uh, And then, yeah. And then after a little bit, like now my current coach in December started sort of reaching out, recruiting me and, uh, the guy at the time who was putting together my training, Nick Aguilo, reached out to USA Triathlon on my behalf. So all this sort of pre-triathlon stuff um, started coming together, and I decided I really wanted to pursue, you know, training the bike uh, along with my with my running, especially because I was having trouble coming back from this injury. Yeah. So uh, eventually, I I realized when I started the YouTube channel. Um, I started to feel like I just could have a viable alternative if I went all in and I was saving 
pretty much as much as I could from every paycheck. Yeah. And eventually I was just like, the time is now. And I'm going to either run out of this money that I saved and I'll go back and live with my parents or I will be able to bridge across to the point where I have a legitimate triathlon career. And uh, at that point, it wasn't even triathlon. When I quit, I was just, I was right. just you know, half like, maybe I'll do triathlon, but I wasn't really swimming. Uh, I was just, you know, I was just running and biking, uh, but training for, to be a distance runner. Um, wow. So the, the, yeah, the, the really going all in on triathlon came, came a little bit after that. Interesting. And, and yeah. so I, I was, uh, you know, I, I kind of like put these words in your mouth that you kind of had, because I guess like everyone my age kind of had this like existential crisis of just like, you know, like, I don't really want to work, but it kind of wasn't that way with you. It was not entirely, at least, I guess, you know, you got hooked on, on biking while being injured. And I never would have guessed that, you know, I feel like for me, you know, I, if anything, that, that would like discourage me from, you know, doing a triathlon, but you know, I, I, I guess, is, is it kind of a thing like, like like you just I, I want to say just like like love working out like as, as, as plain and simple as that <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, if my college teammates and coaches and, and even high school uh I, I feel like will not be surprised because I I would dig myself into a hole time after time yeah uh, when I got to college I was like okay I'm in college now this is the big leagues I'm just I have to start running 100 miles a week yeah do these crazy workouts and I was always, always just hogging mileage, you know, running an extra 10 minutes here, running, doing a double when I didn't need to, uh, just because I loved seeing those numbers, you know, 110, 110, 105, 110, like that, that kind of stuff o- over the summer and just holding, holding 100 or 95 during the season. Um, I just loved the consistency of, of putting in a huge volume of work over the course of weeks and weeks and months is is this more for like a for like a pride thing of like of like knowing that i put in these work i look other people aren't or is it just i'm I'm trying to understand like it's uh i don't know this is we get into like the psychoanalysis of it but i think at the core it's when you get into running any kid is basically told by their coaches what you get in is what you get out yeah so I looked at it as, oh, okay, so if I just train my absolute ass off, I'll be good. And so I kind of lost track of the competitive aspect along the way. Yeah. I fell in love yeah. with the process of just training a lot. And that, yeah. that came back to bite me. Uh, I was just racing like shit in college, uh, like a lot. I, I didn't really start turning that around until you know, pretty recently, maybe like a year and a half ago, like I didn't realize that I was, I I would just think that when I stepped on the line, like, oh, my training will take care of it. But no, you got to be a killer when you get on the line. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not taken care of. You have to do it on race day. I I guess I kind of like to turn that like, like the workout warrior, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. But I wasn't like a workout warrior in that sense. Not not like whooping everybody else trying to win practice. Yeah, I never fucked up a workout. Like, yeah, pretty much yeah, never. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I, you, I would lead reps. I was never an issue in the work. Like you knew how I was going to perform in the workout, sure, but it sure. was very hit or miss come race day. Sure. But I just loved going hard in yeah. practice, and I loved you know doing hard, hard long runs were were bread and butter. And I just loved yeah, yeah, uh, doing a lot. Nuts. And I was never, I was honestly never able to do enough for my liking. And so this mm-hmm. sport is an opportunity for me to just absolutely, you know, go overboard and still be doing less than 
you know, Morgan Pearson's probably doing 30 hours a week. My roommates are doing 25, 30 hours a week. Yeah. I think what they said they were doing average 28 hours a week for like four months straight. Sheesh. So I'm still on the low end, but you know, I'm in a sport where I can just, you know, it's, uh, you are rewarded for, going over the top like or not over the top but you know most most of the time when you see someone running 120 miles a week in college you just you know they're digging themselves a hole and that that was me but it's different now yeah so when you say like uh you know like 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 the work pays off more do you think this is where you know i guess we'll we'll humor uh morgan uh he says that he is like you know no no talent he's all hard work obviously he's obviously his talent that's silly but um do do you think this is kind of one of those sports where like those like type of mindsets really thrive like can can someone really like like claw their way to being pretty decent i don't know the answer to that to be honest um i'm inclined to say no i'm inclined i I think it is a sport of extremely talented people i don't think you can just you can just grind your way uh but everyone in the sport is an absolute grinder. Like you will not be successful if you don't know how to grind. But I think pretty much everyone in the sport is uh, very talented aerobically and at least very, very talented specifically in one of the disciplines. Sure. Strong enough aerobically to be competitive in the other two, even if it's not their strongest. Interesting. Well, this next question kind of parlays on that. I guess, are you ready? Yeah. Also kind of a history one. Jack Johnstone, a member of the San Diego Track Club, wanted to put on an event during the 70s jogging craze that catered to more athletes than just runners. What was this event? The triathlon. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a specific yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, it was just the triathlon. I think it was the Mission Bay Triathlon and uh I think that was the first one uh, in in the U.S. ever, and I, I and I, I looked at the history, and there there were it started in like the twenties over in France, but this kind of started independently than that, so they kind of converged into you know, sport over here, sport over here, same thing, converged into one. So that's always fun to see. Anyway, so I guess we kind of talked about the triathlon um, a little bit, um, but I guess kind of kind of going forward, kind of how do you see your. Uh, your like, you know, career in this? Cause as you said, you know, you're, you're early. It sounds like, you know, you have some work to do. Um, what yeah. is that timeline? What do you, what do you envision that timeline looking like? Um, uh, it's going to take, you know, I, I guess we can go by Olympic cycles, right. Sure. And it, it would make sense to, to talk about, um, well, first there's, there's two types of triathlon. There's long course and short course, short course is what Morgan Pearson's doing. It's draft right. legal. And uh, you got to be a really, really, really good swimmer. Um, you know, a good enough swimmer that I don't, I don't even know if I'll ever be that good. So, that's, so those are the type. Yeah. That, that, that's like the, the ha- I think it's like a, it's like a half mile, then like a 10 mile bike, then like a 5k or something. Uh, that's a, that's a sprint, but which is also gotcha. that they do that. So it's the short course is uh, sprint and Olympic, which is double that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Just double that. Yeah. So they, they kind of switch between those on the short course okay. circuit. Um, but yeah, you have to be a super strong swimmer. So I guess, you know, the timeline is essentially, I'm just going to put my head down in the pool and grind for three years and, um, see, see if I can, you know, be a good enough swimmer to, you know, make those packs, uh, in the, uh, in the short course world. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, but then there's also long course where you don't have to be as strong of a swimmer. It definitely helps to be a strong swimmer, but it is way more beneficial to be a super strong biker and runner. So as far as, you know, timeline, I wouldn't say I have a goal in this sport aside from be able to make a living. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that's step one. So I actually haven't thought about what the, what the next few years really looks like. I'm just that's sort fine. of en enjoying, yeah. enjoying the process yeah, absolutely. right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it, it takes time. It just takes years and years oh, to I believe it. Good at it. So yeah, I'm sure you're still relatively super young you know yeah again i haven't been swimming since i was a kid so i'm right, you know, pretty right. pretty behind on on that front yeah, yeah. and i didn't start like right after college so even in that regard i'm about a year and a half two years later yeah. than who you know late bloomers yeah yeah um but but also i guess kind of i'm just curious about like the i i don't really know too much about the triathlon uh um I guess landscape. Do do a lot of the the top athletes? Because I know Gwen Jorgensen, she was a track athlete, and then uh, Morgan was a track athlete. Um, kind of like like where do they develop from? You know, like what kind of path do you see? Or is or yeah, That's a great question. I I don't know. I I would I don't know that it comes equally from all three disciplines, but you definitely get a lot of uh, swimmers who uh, learn to bike and run. Um, and there's the odd, I think it's probably the least, uh, you know, cyclists coming over to do all three, uh, and then probably a fair yeah. amount of, of runners. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, the typical sure. profile is. Um, you know, I do know that there's a lot of runners who, who get into it, um, well, well, just from talking to runners, but yeah. Yeah. What, what about like, like the people, I guess, can you like bring up an example of like someone you live with? I'm curious. Uh, actually all three of my roommates ran in college. Oh, really? Uh, so, yeah, Ado ran at Oklahoma, Mark ran at Mizzou, and Grant ran at Villanova. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm actually not sure what uh, – uh, Mark and Grant both swam, like, growing up. Mm -hmm. They swam all their lives, so it was pretty, uh, like, pretty natural. And then Ado, I'm actually not exactly sure what his path was after sure. college to triathlon, but he can bike. He can bike. Yeah. Uh, so he can – or he can bike and run. Yeah. Uh, so he's sort of in my boat of, of trying to get good at swimming and he, he's a year in, he's getting pretty good, but uh, yeah, all, everyone in this apartment is, yeah. Uh, was a collegiate runner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that's interesting. Um, and I guess you're on the, uh, what's the team name again? It's the program? Uh, J, JP elite. So J, James JP Peterson elite. is uh, okay. my coach. So yeah, he named the group after himself, which very humble, you know, <laughs> gotta tell the people what I mean, they want to know yeah <laughs> yeah it is what it is it's and yeah. I, to uh you know it's smart to uh if you're gonna name the group after yourself uh which has been done before you should make damn well sure that you own the group yeah <laughs> that's, that's, a point. So, that's a decent point yeah so it's um, yeah it's not the first time that it's happened but yeah yeah it the right way that's what i'm talking about um how, how different has because i guess you've you've been out you haven't been out there for long have you two weeks yeah two weeks two weeks so i guess i guess going over i guess you're training with uh i guess lionel sanders right yeah and then he's obviously a beast that was probably awesome that was great to get some wisdom from i'm sure but like how different has the energy been just being surrounded by these people who are doing like 30 hours a week of work like 
Um, it's surprisingly chill. Like really? everyone here just uh, there's no complaints. Everyone just you know look what we have uh, for the day and we get it done. Uh, and everyone here just just wants to get it done. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah it's uh, I would say our visions are aligned. Uh, Lytle, it was it was a bit different because I was sure. I was sort of on my own. I was biking by myself pretty much every day, and we would meet up twice a week for uh, for track workouts, and we switched yeah. every morning. Um, but uh, I mean that was also more. I, I didn't have, I would say as much direction. This is more like a college team. Like we have practice once or twice a day. My coach is always there. He's, he's making sure that all awesome. the little things get done versus yeah. uh, out in, in uh, Arizona with Lionel. It was just like, I was just living life, making YouTube videos, yeah. making music and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and just like meeting up to train with him. Uh, so it was, it was way less structured. It was, I mean, it, it was super chill and in a different, in a, in a yeah, much yeah. different way. Like it was just so like, you know, just, I kind of did whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which could be yeah, good yeah. and bad, but I, I would imagine yeah. for, uh, you know, for the triathlon like that, like, I feel like you need as much structure as you can, can you, you know, cause I feel like it's pretty easy to do. I mean, I guess not for you, but I guess for me, it would be pretty easy to do some mental gymnastics of like, well, I need to take a rest day because I can't feel any muscle in my body. <laughs> no, no. I, again, that's why I think I, this, I'm in, uh, like a perfect match for this sport because I, I will never like look at a day like that. Um, really? I'm, I, I will more often overdo it than underdo it, wow. which is an issue. So my coach was still sort of writing my training back then, but I wasn't yeah. showing up to practice. I was just sort of, you know, getting That's it done crazy. when, when I wanted to. Um, wow. versus, yeah. Now it's like, if we're, if you're nine minutes early to practice, you're one minute late, that kind of thing here. So wow. it's, it's that like, is, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of, after, I guess, like, like looking at myself, um, that, that, a like so much respect but I was kind of like the opposite throughout my entire career I I, I would always I mean I, I was terrible at practice you know like I, I would never be in the top group running I would be lower group and I would still like sometimes get dropped but then I guess come race day I just I don't know I don't know if I what I had I you know I just had a little little extra in me um yeah it's those but, uh I mean there's people who just love it do yeah. it for the competition there's people who yeah. do it I mean I, you know and that's why I was so bad in competition a lot of the time is because that wasn't what kept me going. I just, what kept me going was thinking about like how, you know, how fast am I going to do these mile repeats next week? Like yeah, looking yeah, forward yeah. to workouts. Yeah. And I was going to say on the flip side, like, like when, when I joined the pro group, that's the kind of mindset that all the runners that succeeded had, you know? And so, I mean, I, I, I do feel like, I mean, I, I'm kind of like accepting as like, you know, well, you know, I, I wasn't a workhorse. I, I thought I like, Oh, I have to become a workhorse to, you know, like get stuff done but you know i guess it kind of like it, it didn't really work out i overtrained myself super quick um, do. but you know it's it's definitely like good lessons like like it, it doesn't get much harder than like you know as I, we're, we might we might talk about the uh your college experience later but it, it's like it, it it makes you so mentally tough if you can just like absolutely like destroy yourself in practice like go to well every day and then have a bad race it's like you know like it's like hard to take, get get grips with you know and so yeah. you kind of you kind of like learn that like well you know like screw it like let's just keep going you know yeah it makes you it makes you uh what question everything and think about like do i really love this and do i really want to be in this sport yeah and it's yeah and like that's why you see i would always see 
really, really talented high schoolers. And I was like, how am I ever going to catch up to that guy? But it was like, I just kept my head down and, and people start sort of just like, I mean, I guess technically I dropped, I'm not even like, you know, training to be a, a distance runner anymore. So like, um, but yeah, evolved. people just evolved. That. maybe, but yeah, people for one reason or another realize, you know, they have one, uh, one sort of trough too many. And they're like, I just don't, I, this isn't making me happy. And you yeah. know, power, power to you. If it's not making you happy, don't do it anymore. Um, but yeah, just yeah. collegiate athletics, especially just makes people, uh, like, you have to put your happiness first. And I think people start to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And, and I, and I guess even like the perspective that I was thinking of is, is kind of like, like, like after having doing that and going on to, you know, whatever my next chapter is, like, I'm like, kind of not afraid to fail, you know, cause if I can like, you know, survive, like throwing myself against the wall and just splattering right back off, then I'm just like, well, you know, that wasn't too bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. That makes you tough. So that I think that goes perfectly right into the next one. All right, you ready? It's just three. So if I get this, I pass. You're probably gonna get this. I realize these aren't these. Meh, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> you might pass. It could happen. It could happen. Okay. Sparked by a viral moment during the Super Bowl 38's halftime show, Jared Kareem had the idea for a website to make short clips more accessible to everybody. What did this idea turn into? YouTube. That's YouTube. Dang. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it's whatever. You're smart. You, you, you know. I was not a good student, man. I like. I had a computer science degree, but like, and I, I will. I did well on exams. You know, in terms of relative to the rest of my class, I was, you know, pretty, pretty close to the top of the class on exams. But my grades, my GPA was was not. I scraped that three really uh cumulative in my Let's last go. semester i was grinding last semester i was like i need to get this exact this exact <laughs> you know whatever it was uh to, to get my gpa from like 2.998 to 3.0 and i did but i was not like i was not a 4.0 student i was not well, dude, uh, you give yourself credit man i mean virginia that's not that's not an easy school right yeah, it's not exactly. easy school i don't think it, it's so hard which is why yeah. i think I, I mean, they're not doing bad now. They're having some some really good performances on the track, but that's why we always kind of blamed why we ran so poor. I mean, you were in the ACC. You saw us blow up every single year. I don't you must know. Have noticed. <laughs> I, I I thought you guys you guys like were like pretty decent. You know, at Georgia Tech, like we're you know we're engineering school. We're def like we we pride ourselves for being difficult, but you know that that was kind of like what the smart guy did is um like like whenever they beat somebody that you know that ran for I don't know like FSU they'd be like like if I beat you doing this like insane coursework like you're trash you know <laughs> I own you yeah yeah that's right yeah but usually we would just blow up and yeah. well <laughs> well so, but that, that was our same. excuse that was our excuse yeah. yeah you gotta have the excuse that's right yeah the sandbags um, are ready yeah <laughs> well I guess it's kind of going into I guess like being like 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 mentally tough you know in that workout so I, I think being on social media you kind of have to be, you know, putting, exposing yourself to the whole world saying like, you know, going through your failures and your, especially your failures uh, in front of people, you know, that's, that's not easy to do. Most people can't do it. Um, but kind of like uh, what, what, what about YouTube made you want to do it? Cause I'm, there's plenty of paths for uh, monetization um, and what, what keeps you going? Um, well, I guess it seemed like an easy entry because uh, I mean, 
shout out Spencer. He was bumping me all summer and fall. Like, you know, I got to be in the videos and I got to, yeah. Like, people, people knew who I was. People started to know who I was. Mm. And, uh, I didn't want to start a YouTube channel because initially I was just doing everything Spencer was doing as far as workout content. Yeah. Uh, so then once I started biking, uh, and in addition to, you know, seeing it as a potential revenue stream, yeah. um, that's when I thought it, it might be a good idea. Um, I, I didn't, I don't remember exactly what I thought when I started it. It was sure. just, uh, like, I, you know, I'll, I'll make, I'll make my first video and then see what happens. Uh, yeah. and again, Spencer bumped that video and it, and it, you know, I put featuring the athlete special in the title. And so it, it did really well and got a lot of subscribers, like pretty much day one. Uh, and I think people just really liked the videos. Uh, yeah. so that, I mean, that was enough to sort of keep me going as opposed to something like sport where I'm like, I don't care. give a fuck what people think. I don't give, I don't care what the result is. I have already decided that I'm going to do this versus yeah. YouTube. I was like, I'll just start it and see what happens. Um, and it did take off and that was enough for me to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to make another video on another video and, yeah. and keep seeing where it goes. And it, and it kept growing. Um, and YouTube is, uh, I mean, it's done some crazy things for my life already where uh, we, when we went to Albuquerque for our, uh, altitude camp with the beast, we terminated our lease because they wouldn't let us extend it in Seattle. Uh, so we were, we thought we were going to go back to Seattle and have our, our house, but they just, they didn't let us resign. So we went to Albuquerque with no house to go back to. And, uh, so Lionel's, uh, one of Lionel's buddies, who's a huge like media guy in uh, triathlon, Talbot Cox, found my YouTube channel at some point while we were in Albuquerque. And he DM'd me on Instagram and was like, yo, man, how much for the beast? And I was like, oh, they're, they're free if you want to collab. Um, just sort of, you know, half joking. And he said, he basically was like, come to Tucson whenever. And I was like, hold up. I'm going to call you on the phone. Because, you know, and I was like, dude, I don't have a place. I don't know where I'm going next. So, like, what if I just come to Tucson for, like, you know, how, however long? I just come and just live there and yeah. whatever. We'll, we'll swim and, you know, make videos and, um, yeah, do, do the whole thing. And he was like, yeah, for sure. I, absolutely. And so uh, me and Johnny found an apartment and we went over there. And, uh, again, Lionel is like, he's like, Spencer times five as far as YouTube goes. Um, yeah, been, yeah, yeah. He's been doing yeah, it for a while and he's got a huge, huge audience and he's one of the best in the world. So, uh, you know, and I don't want this to sound like shallow. Um, you know, Lionel is, is one, of, one of the best guys, like just guys that I've ever met. And I really had a pleasure, but oh my God, when you put his name in the title of a YouTube video, it's just automatic 50,000 views. Oh yeah, I got that clickbait. Uh, yeah, so like my subscriber count literally doubled. I think yeah. while I was out there um, and they were so, you know, Talbot and Lionel were just so, and they knew that, you know, they were like, look, I think yeah. you want to help this kid. And they, they put me in one of their videos and just nice. bumped my, my YouTube and, and Instagram. And so it was just like such a, a awesome experience for my athletic career and my sort of, you know, social media, the brand, whatever, uh, just to be out there. Yeah. And, so, and that was starting the YouTube channel was the, the only reason I was able to be out there. That's that I was even discovered. Uh, do, how how much do you like? How do you look at um, social media? Now, obviously, you're primarily on on YouTube, um, but when you, when you make your videos, um, uh, 
I, I like, like, like what kind of perspective do you want to tell? Like, cause I, I, I used to, I, I don't know if you know, but I used to make TikToks or whatever, but yeah, hell yeah. But I, I may kind of make like short vlogging type TikToks. And what I was interested in is I kind of want to like take people on like a, like a, like a journey, um, I guess, kind of like through the shoes of the D1 athletes. So I'd focus on like travel days, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's what I was interested in. But for YouTube, it's obviously longer form. Are you, are you, are you trying to like tell stories or do you want people to almost like hang out with you? Well, you know, I would say it's a bit more of uh, a video training log is the way I look at it. Okay. So um, a lot of it is sort of inspiration from Spencer where he would just twice a week, he was like every workout he did was on there. Mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't really care if it was like the same workout or it was repetitive. It was just like, this is my life and I'm going to share it with you. And then he takes through this whole journey of, of breaking four in the mile and, and yeah. with the boulder and signing a pro contract. And, and his like day one fans are like, dude, I have followed you since you started this channel. It has been an absolutely wild ride to see every one of these oh, videos. Yeah. And so I sort of looked at that as like, well, this is like an awesome way to tell a story. And so that's how I look at it. It's a, it's a training. It's a, it already is. Uh, if you just go back to the, the videos at the beginning, the stuff I was talking about, like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be running track races this, this, uh, this spring and summer, you know, my goal, I want to qualify for the Olympic trials and you know, this and that, uh, you know, I love, I, I like biking, but, um, you know, I, I want to get better at biking, but my focus is distance running. And I look back, I'm like, oh, like, I guess I did think that at the time, but things just turned out so differently. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it is, it's a lot, it's a, it's almost a journal of what my thoughts were at each time at each one of those videos. And I, I know like for me, ever since doing social media, kind of like since I really, really like, like wanted to understand like what succeeds, like what made people successful. I, I almost like, uh, like I, I, I became super, super empathetic because I was constantly like, uh, you know, thinking of like, what do my viewers want to see? Like, like, how can I do that? So I would constantly be putting myself in other people's shoes to the point where I, I'm like an expert at that now, or I feel like, you know, I've, I've gotten better at that for myself. Have, have you kind of like thought the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the one of the big things is like I was such a huge fanboy of the sport. Um, I would go crazy if I saw, you know, a pro or collegiate runner who that I just, you know, knew who they were. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I get tons of DMs and obviously a lot of comments on the videos. And I, it's, it's honestly heartwarming because like I, I truly know how that feels. Um, yeah. And like I, I try to respond uh, to to, you know, not everything. Some things are just, if it's just like a reaction to a story or whatever, I respond. But if someone's reaching out, asking a question or, or just saying something, you know, I try to respond because I know like how much that would have meant to me as a 15 yeah. year old. Um, and so just ha- having that perspective, like having been in those shoes, just like eating up all, all the, the small amounts of content that were available back then. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, it's it's maybe easy so much gets lost in like there's no human contact over social media um but yeah i think being on social media a lot sort of forces you to look at things differently and how how people might be taking it um, because it's not it's not like a natural medium of communication 
Right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with that, that point of empathy. Like it, you, you do have to sort of think about uh, right. where people are coming from uh, and what, you know, what their yeah. I don't know, experience might be yeah. out of that screen. Cause, cause I, I, I kind of view YouTube. Well, I, I say I view YouTubers, not like YouTube in general as I guess, like people that you like kind of want to hang out with, you know, it's like I click on a PewDiePie video because I want to like just like hang out and watch some videos with a friend. So most of his content is just him watching videos, you know, and him reacting to things. And so I, th I think that's I mean, I, I wish I had like a, I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel, but just like long form video, just I don't think I have the discipline for that. Um, but I, 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 I do I do love that you're able to, especially in quarantine, kind of be like, you know, like, hey, you know, if you want to hang out with me, you know, I'm going to put these videos up. In, in a sense and so it kind of really helps especially now it's actually really interesting that you say like i've, I've never really thought about it like that but um so i i had a, a race this weekend and i went down to uh and it was it was a local triathlon and i won shout out morgan pearson um i'm gonna tell everyone i won the olympics uh but uh, <laughs> uh but i was i was staying at my uh aunt and uncles because uh they were closer to the race and so we had dinner and they had a, a friend over and uh, uh, YouTube always comes up because it's like, you're 24 years old. They're like, yeah. what do you do for a living? And it's like, I make YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, you know, at the end of, of the meal, they were watching, I, I guess it was the most recent video. And the family friend was like, do you get, do you get a lot of people reaching out uh, sort of like thinking they're your friend? Because the way I watch this, it's like, I would think that I'm your friend. Like that's, it's the camera's right in your face and you're just talking like you're talking to someone behind the camera. Uh, and she was like, you know, a psychological effect, you know, people get it. And, wow, uh, marketing it, genius. Yeah, and so, yeah. And so that when you say that, like, it's, oh, I want to hang out with you. That's uh, why I would click on the video. That's such an interesting, uh, I mean, you're this basically the second person in the past couple of days to say something like that. Um, wow. I didn't, it, I didn't realize that that yeah. was, an experience that people were having and it's also uh it took me a while to realize that people didn't really care if you're the fittest guy in the world because i thought i'd need to get really fit and do crazy workouts and put these crazy workouts on on youtube and actually there is this guy this triathlete sam long who does that he does the probably the most ridiculous workouts i've ever seen like the high high right. volume high intensity it's crazy and those videos just don't don't get that many views because like some people are into it but a lot of people are really into the personality yeah and it's, you know they're clicking on it to see what you're doing in your yeah. daily life and hang out with you is that honestly that's i think i'm gonna have to go you know in future videos and really think about that aspect uh, yeah yeah something i've really never thought about and i'm sure that's a huge yeah. huge part of why people I, actually click on the videos i i forget it i i that, that's not an original idea for me i forget who i who i got that from but but um but but yeah and and like since i was you know studying all this stuff it's kind of like i think that's the that's that's like the coolest part of social media and it's kind of it's kind of weird in a sense but it's pretty cool you know yeah. um but but yeah because i feel like like i mean there's probably a, a medium for him like if you want to pose the same workouts like a strava would probably go crazy his instagram would probably go <laughs> crazy. Strava, yeah but you know youtube's for different stuff um yeah and uh and yeah, and 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 I, I kind of like thought that too. Like I needed to be a good runner um, to be on social media, um, but I, I like went hard, maybe for like maybe a little less than a year of like posting consistently, and like it, it got to a point where like I didn't even have to be posting running content by the end of it, you know. And I didn't even realize that until recently that you know. Yeah. 
you know, personality is huge. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's how, yeah. I mean, it's the whole, the shift from, uh, people get mad about it, how, uh, New Jersey, New York gets dropped and Zach Levitt gets the Hoka sponsorship. It's because yeah. that's what people care about. And that's where, that's where the marketing billboard is. It's what people are watching. So for, yeah. know, for better or for worse, that's kind of what it is. They just, they're, people are attached to personalities. Yeah. But people always say that's a shift, but I, I personally, I, I don't know. I think that's kind of always how it's been just, uh, just like, just like, uh, n- not, not as obvious, I guess. Cause, cause like money is where attention is. That's kind of, you know, always how it's, uh, always how it's been. I, but I guess it was just beforehand. Um, I guess you, you could get away with somebody else handling your personality before you in a sense, like, yeah. like Michael Jordan being like a superhuman, you know, getting handled by all his brands, but you never really, you know, know who he is, I guess. But now I guess it's, I think the biggest shift is that instead of corporations being in charge of your image, it's like you're in charge of your image. Um, I guess. Um, but yeah, well, that allows people who aren't necessarily as talented in sports to, to, you know, rise above. Right. Right. Even supplying better. Yeah. More. Yeah. More. Yeah. Well, as far as uh, I would say views and and sponsorships go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I guess, you know, um, like, like the example that comes to mind about like sports personality is like Shaq, you know, like he obviously had an insane career, but most of his money has been made from his personality. Absolutely. Um, Well, I, I, I thought that was, that was a good little tidbit, but this next one should be just as fun. All you right. ready? Is this one going to test me? Maybe. I think these all might be kind of easy accidentally because sometimes I make them too hard. And it's not fun, but oh, well, let's yeah. just do it. <laughs> the Arabic poet <laughs> Arabu Alaka argued that the transmigration of souls is bad for your health. This ancient philosophy has developed into what current lifestyle? Uh, Transmigration of souls. It's bad for your health. Can you know be a nomadic, nomadic lifestyle? Transmigration of souls. Dude, yeah, you, you're stumping me on this. Read it again. <laughs> the Arabic yeah. poet. Arabic poet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the big. You missed it, dinger, at, in, in a few oh. seconds. All right. It's the uh, vegan diet. The vegan. Oh, oh, we're not talking yeah. about just you, because uh, animals have souls. I animals have those. souls. Mad for your health. Souls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see. I don't like. I don't, I don't think of being vegan as like a big part of my personality, honestly. So it's no. It's, I just uh, think it's. It's I, like I, I forget thought, about it sometimes. No, because you don't want it to be a big part of your personality. That's you don't want that. You know that you don't. Yeah, be I would say. Like yeah. Cult. Yeah, I kind of um, like hide it. In no, some me, ways, yeah. But. Um, because because I, I I guess I, I I've I've been doing it. I, I wouldn't say full vegan, but I guess like maybe ninety percent plant based. You know, uh, for a yeah. little little while now um but i think probably the, the biggest problem i have is i guess getting enough calories in you're a triathlete um have you ever like uh tracked your diet or do you just are naturally eat a ton i i've always eaten a ton always uh i was a i would just eat i could just eat 
only meat for a meal, you know, mm. as like my entire life. Um, and yeah, I've never, I've never had like a huge issue. Like if, if, if you put food in front of me, I'll just eat it. It's like, I can never be too full. Um, and that was actually an issue in collegiate dining halls because they were so starchy and like so calorically dense that yeah. I would just keep eating. And I actually gained weight for a really? while in college before I just like got, uh, got the hang of it. Yeah. Um, but no, so for one, I'm drinking like sports drink all day long. I pretty much just always have a bottle of whatever brand, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying a bunch of different brands, Yeah. Uh, but just on hand with electrolytes and just sugar calories. Uh, so there's always a, a bottle on the pool deck. There's one bottle per hour of cycling. And I always bring a bottle uh, to, you know, whatever run workout and there's gels, uh, a smoothie or two every day. And, and just, I, yeah, I, always just have sports nutrition on hand in addition to three pretty solid meals a day and a bunch of snagging. Yeah. Cause I, I, I guess that was, uh, you know, Carl Lewis was famous for being vegan his last few years uh, in track. Um, but that was one of the big reasons why he became vegan in the first place is he was just like, I want to eat more. I'm having to resist my, like restrict my diet. I don't like that. I just, I want to eat more. And so I that's one of the big that. reasons he became vegan. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I guess like, like, like what made you decide to do that? Um, cause I know it's especially like, unfortunately really controversial if you're an athlete. Um, yeah. so I, I, I guess what made you do that? And, uh, I guess you're, you're still going. Well, yeah, I'd always kind of wanted to just do it for, I mean, the idea was, uh, initially I was like, oh, I kind of want to go vegan for a month and make a YouTube video about it and see what happened. And I still haven't done that. I, should, I haven't like made a video about sort of my vegan experience um but uh actually what put me over the top and people are gonna think it's ridiculous but my grandpa was like oh you need to watch this documentary the game changers mm-hmm. and it was like this is why being vegan is good for your athletic performance and i'm not gonna you know say that that documentary is the gospel and there were definitely a lot of things that uh were left out or brushed by or was clearly biased but what i got from it is that there are a lot of athletes who swear by being vegan and have got better after they started being vegan. So I'm just going to try, I'm going to do this thing now. I'm just going to try it for a month. Uh, and I immediately just love the way that my diet sort of shifted. And, you know, because when you're eating meat, like you, your dinner can just be chicken and rice and you're like, Oh, this is a complete meal. Um, but when you're, vegan you have to find a lot of different protein sources i have like such a wide array of vegetables i have so many more leafy greens uh, so i liked the way that i was forced to to branch out with my diet i made you know i feel like i'm just getting a, a wider variety of yeah. nutrients and uh, i like the way that the meals taste because they're just they're they're colorful uh, and the biggest thing was my digestion was i'm just like never digesting anything uh, yeah it's, it's it all just goes down i can eat whenever i want you know it doesn't have to be like three hours before a session and sometimes you cut it to like when you're eating meat or whatever animal product you cut it too close and your stomach is an issue yeah in yeah session. And that's that hasn't been an issue for me once uh since i started since i was vegan so yeah. god it feels like a almost like a swear word like 
I hate saying it. Just, it's weird. I like plant-based. Yeah. yeah but I actually weird. realized the difference. Um, so I was talking to this, this guy who's, who has a you know, sports nutrition company and I kept saying plant-based and he was like, Oh yeah, we have supplements. Uh, they're vegan, but they're not plant-based because they had to uh, synthesize some of the vitamins because they're yeah. not found in plants. So you can't extract yeah. them from plants. And I was like, Oh, that's, you know that maybe that's where the distinction is plant-based is like truly true from plants but vegan but doesn't necessarily vegan has a have bad to connotation. Do you think of vegan you think of annoying people you know exactly i don't want to be that. like i'm a you vegan that. like that's how oh. I, like. I like to say i'm plant-based but since i have been a plant-based slash uh non-animal product eating athlete we'll just say uh, that digestive, yeah not <laughs> digestion is i don't know if you've sort of experienced that um it's just never yeah. an issue yeah and i i think the biggest thing for me that that how i liked it is i guess you know like after after you eat a meal I, I, a lot of the times you know i mean there are some definitely some good animal-based uh i guess proteins you can have that don't make you feel like crap but a lot of the times you'll eat it and you'll like you'll feel unproductive after your meal but i've noticed like with the vegan diet a lot of times you'll eat something and you can like be productive immediately after you eat you know now yeah you don't have to sit down and wait for it to go through you for for 30 45 yeah whatever yeah. it is yeah. yeah and so I, um, yeah, I mean I just kept doing it I liked I liked the way I felt and I liked do, do, my diet and uh it, it, ha, do you take BCAAs at all no I, I'm not I'm not uh educated on that yeah. well, like I, what I, you know things I need in my diet or yeah yeah well I I would say that's probably the biggest recommendation um I can have of on the vegan diet because you know I guess I guess you got your macros, you know, and you, and since you're eating enough, like you only need a certain number of protein, I guess it's not like a ratio, uh, like, like the, uh, the fat and the carbohydrates, not, the ratio doesn't matter. It doesn't, the protein doesn't really matter. So you get enough protein for sure. But uh, a lot of the times there's, I guess, the amino acids that, um, aren't found as much in the plant-based um, ones, which is like, uh, L-leucine is probably one of the most important ones. And that's the one that um, facilitates, I guess, protein synthesis. Um, Interesting. And so well, if, if yeah. I were to recommend something in your sports drinks, just like, it's just the powder. It tastes good. You won't think about it. And so if you could just, you know, have some BCAAs in theory, that should uh, make you more efficient. I won't even fact check you on that. I'll just start doing it. Cause I, I like, again, I like just having more stuff. The more yeah. stuff I have, you know, like. Yeah. Or, cause, cause that, that was my biggest problem. Just, yeah. Enough. Um, but, but I guess, I guess if, if, since you're eating enough, that's probably, probably my, uh, my only tip for, since I, I've been doing it for, I guess, almost two years now. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just got to get someone to send me from some free BCAAs. There's and, a million, there's a million yeah. companies that should be cake. That should be easy. Awesome. All right. Going into this last question. This is, do I get a D or a, or a B? This is big. You're a B. D or a B. You're probably going to get this one. I like this one. Barely ahead by 0.3 seconds. Who beat ACC champ and Florida Dairy Farmers Mr. Track and Field 2015, Avery Bartlett, at the Battle of Beantown 2014? No, 2000. What am I talking about? 2018. I, can, I can't read. 2018. I was there. I'm inclined to say myself, but yeah, that's right. You beat me. <laughs> wow, beat by, me point by three point three seconds. I was looking at the results. You were barely ahead of me. I wow. had no idea. 
I had no I wonder, do you know, were you kicking me down? Do you remember? Because that, again, that could have been one of those races where I just was like, I, I know I didn't do well. I remember. No, I, we didn't, my coach, I didn't do well. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't My do coach well. was like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> so I don't know if I, if I jogged it in or, or if I bitch kicked you, to be honest. There's, I, I hope he didn't bitch kick me. That's, that's usually my thing in cross countries. I wait the last one. You didn't minute. get bitch kicked. Okay. So uh, you, I, you probably I, were coming up on me then. Right. And you, you stayed ahead. You stayed ahead. So we, so we had a, that, I guess that was probably, that was probably, we don't, we didn't really race very often. Makes sense. Right. Wait, did you say that was ACCs or that was the, no, Battle, Battle of Beantown. It was like an early oh. season. Oh, okay. Right. That's the same, same course. Yeah. Same, yeah, yeah. Course, same course. Yeah. yeah. That ACC is, maybe ended my that that year maybe ended my career that was that was terrible but um, cross country man i i mean it's different you're you know 800 runner but like i lied to myself for five years that i liked and was good at cross oh i hated it (laughs) i was like uh you know i I was like i was like decent compared to my team so like in track i was like you know like like all right guys let's get to work you know like let's just show up the line and do stuff in cross country i was just bitching the whole time i was just like i don't want to wake up at 6 a.m to run a workout that i'm gonna get dropped in by you know some freshman <laughs> you know yeah dude, the early wake-ups i forgot about that i mean i guess i had to wake up at 3 30 for this race this weekend i was just like you to wake up at 3 30 the race started at seven my coach said you gotta get there at five oh and uh that's about an hour drive away from the race so just uh, yeah i mean it's, it's tough i mean Talk, tell me, tell me about the race. Oh, it was, it was literally just another local triathlon. I, I actually, I got a flat tire in the first two miles of the bike and I, I thought my day was over. My coach and teammates said, oh, if you get a, if you get a flat, don't even bother bringing a spare tube. If you get a flat, you're done. Uh, so I started walking back towards the nearest like intersection. I was going to try to catch a ride. <laughs> uh, and then a support car. So a support car, this is something that like the pros get in pro meets like pro races i did not think there would be a support car here but they're like oh you need a tube and i was like yes so after four minutes and 10 seconds of stoppage time my, my coach actually checked the, the file i got back on and I, I was still able to win the race by eight minutes so yeah no it really, but i'm not like like bragging myself yeah. on the back my coach no. still was like you did like it's fine that you won by that much. like you were I would have expected you to win by about that much, but like you did a lot of things really poorly, you know? So okay. Well, that's a, good. A, that's good that you're learning though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's second, second ever triathlon and still undefeated. So still undefeated, <laughs> still undefeated. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how long we can, we can do it. But again, early wakeups. And that was one thing that just tested me in college. Like it's the, the, it's like two or three minutes, right? You wake up, your alarm goes off and you're like, I'm not going to do it. There's no chance. Yeah. I'm not going to do it today. And then 30 seconds, you're like, okay, I have to do it. Just get up, just get up. And then you're like, oh, there's coffee. Are you coffee drinker? Oh man. Yeah. For for me, for me, sorry. Are you you a coffee drinker? I am, but I I, I never could in morning practice because I would always be uh, ritualistically napping right after, you know? So Uh, I couldn't I mean, eventually what got me out of bed was, uh, I was like, I knew there was a pot of coffee waiting because it would, we would put it on an alarm. So that, that was usually the last, like, I'll just get up and I'll just shove this coffee down my throat and you know, I'll forget that I ever had these thoughts. <laughs> that, that is good to look, I, I, I had nothing to look forward to. Uh, and it was, uh, sorry, th- th- there's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see what's happening on the, uh, 
Oh, with the let's run. The let's run thing. But I'll save. I'll save that for a second. I just got some messages. Anyways, I'll save that for a second. But I, I guess I guess kind of the thing in morning practice um, was I would literally have four snoozes. My practice was at six. I would set my alarm at four forty. Hit that snooze. Four fifty. Hit that snooze. Five o'clock. Hit that snooze. And I, it literally took me that long. I, I planned to get up at the, at the start of it, but I never could. I never could. So honestly, that was probably the hardest part of college in general for me was morning practice. It's 6 a.m. is gnarly. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try and see what's going on. No, dude, I'm, I, uh... um, okay, I think Shelby Houlihan got a positive COVID test. Oh, no. Wait a second. This isn't fun. Shelby Houlihan, the U.S. record holder in the 1500, tested positive for a banned substance, Naldrone. Oh, is that Nandrolone? Nandrolone, yeah. And is banned for four years. And she said the positive test came from contaminated meat in a burrito. The appeal is there. Wow. So I'm I'm not going to say anything right now because it's kind of too early. I don't want to have a hot take and be wrong. Um but that's unfortunate. You hate to see that always, always hate. Wait, to see so that. oh, that was it. But and then just Evan Jager's not going. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it had anything to. Yeah. Uh, initially, I I think that was just people guessing is that the whole team was boycotting the trials. But I think that's that's not not no. true. I mean, that's there was another there was a um, I want to say a field athlete. I don't remember who it was who said the same thing, and it was ended up being true. Yeah. Uh, some bought some meat from the the meat counter and it had something or other in it. Now, Jerome, I, I another to... reason, another reason to go vegan. Another reason to go vegan. You're not going to be eating HGH and you know anabolic steroids in your burritos. Yeah, <laughs> none of that. So I, I'm not going to run into that, or at least I won't have the excuse if I get nailed. Right. Have, have you ever? Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, because it really doesn't help her case that. She, you know, if it was literally anybody else, like almost anybody else in the 1500 field, it would be like, it would be like, uh, like, oh, you know, it probably was a burrito. But the fact that she was as dominant as she was, like dropping like 27s at the end of races, that does not help her case. Dude, I oh, just want to, I want to believe that nobody's doing that stuff. Or, I mean, what does yeah. it even do? You know, what's Nandrolone? I, I don't know. You looking it up? It's nandrolone, also known as 19 nortestosterone, is an androgen and anabolic steroid, which is used in the blah, 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 blah. Anabolic steroids. So that's, that's unusual for distance runners. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it would help with recovery, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are not used by mouth or instead given by injection into muscle. Yeah. So she injected the burrito. Is what you're saying? I wonder. That would actually be interesting <laughs> if you know maybe the appeal. Maybe she. Maybe uh, she. Maybe that. Maybe she blew it with that uh, excuse. Yeah, it's like they're like, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't digest. <laughs> oh no. That would be crazy. That. Uh, yeah. Again. I, again. I. I. It. That sucks. That sucks because it sucks for the fans because like. I really want to believe that nobody's doing that. Yeah. 
I because like what's that's what you have drug to if every time someone tests positive for a substance and you, you like believe that it was the meat burrito like what's the point of right of testing drug tests it's right yeah. and, and and I mean I, I'm sure like like how often does that does that like because I'm sure the tests are like super precise and like and like it's not like if you eat a burrito how much of that nandrone's in there you know contaminated meat okay that doesn't Again, even... I do I do know I do know that that had uh USADA and athlete uh, and substance because if, 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 if it's just like trace or does it have to be a certain amount uh I assume it's any amount I would I would think it's not the kind of thing that's naturally floating around well, uh, I, but there's usually some threshold yeah, because I was going to say, because I know like most like things that, you know, give you performance in hands, like your body already naturally produces like almost everything like EPA, your body naturally produces HGH, obviously your body naturally produces. I'm sure some sort of anabolic steroids your body naturally produces. We're, we're scientists uh, right now. We're cracking the case. Yeah, I'm, uh, this is going to take too long for me to figure out which. Oh, wait, was it real clay? Will Clay. Uh, yeah, the 2018 Will Clay, three-time Olympic medalist, avoided a doping ban after he was deemed to be without fault or negligence for a positive test for clenbuterol. This is actually a substance that is commonly found in meat. Uh, beef, pork, lamb, or poultry in Mexico, China, and Guatemala. Interesting. If I guess that's where the meat is from, I don't know. Man. Uh, well. But yeah, he was able to prove that basically it was from the meat, but nandrolone. Yeah. They say it's, it's, yeah, they say it's common for clenbuterol to be found in meat or somewhat common. It has well. triggered some anti doping tests, but yeah, that just sucks. That would suck. And yeah, for the benefit of the sport, you know, I know shoot. Eh. Shelby's obviously, you know, great person, great athlete. Um, so I really, you know, I, I hope, hope this gets resolved in, in the best way possible, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's tough. But at the same time, if it's, a, you know, if it's over the, I don't know, if it's, it was such a small amount that it like. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't want to say too much. I don't, much. Have, a, yeah, I don't yeah. have a well-formed opinion and we, we kind of have uh, to wait. But it's like, you know how it goes. It's like you test positive and they're going to say, oh, I didn't do it. It's something else. Yeah. even if you're if you're dirty you're gonna say you didn't do it nobody just right, right. nobody goes down without a fight so it's no yeah it just sucks it sucks because like it, it makes you think about what's what's going on in, in the sport that you love yeah um it, it, here's a hypothetical here's a hypothetical question um to make the tone a little lighter because you know again i don't want to say too much when we don't really know too much yeah no do you if if, if there was like a this is kind of dystopian, but if there was like like a, a track league, but with doping like legal. a doping league, kind of like a, an XFL, I don't know, <laughs> or I guess but yeah, like a non like a non natural body, you know, they have it's like a natural bodybuilding. I don't know exactly how it works. No, that's like, true. That there is two types yeah. of bodybuilding. That's right. It's like yeah, just dope because because I guess you can do it healthily. Uh, I mean, there there are ways to like not uh obviously like if you're doing it under the counter but i i know for yeah. those bodybuilders they have like teams around them and doctors prescribing them the 
what would normally be an illegal drug. Well, the issue, and this is what I can say happened in uh, cycling, which is like initial uh, blood doping bans. Cycling, it was huge. They figured out it was extremely helpful. And you had these young cyclists, you know, our age, even younger, 21, 22, dying in their sleep from cardiac arrest because their blood was so thick. So um, they said, no, you have to have your, the, your hematocrit has to be below 50. That's the highest you can go yeah. for the safety of the athletes. It wasn't really even to preserve the integrity of the sport or it was probably, you know, dual purpose. So yeah. I guess my, my first concern with that is people are going to take it really far because they want to yeah, win. That's true. What, are you incentivizing, incentivizing that there's prize money in this sport. There's yeah. sponsorships in this sport where people could. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah. I'd probably end up being like uh like F1, except like the cars are people, you know, where they're just exploding on the track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I don't know. There's, I, I think <laughs> there are probably still sports out there that are worse for your health than track and field with doping that people pay a lot of money yeah, to watch. Yeah. But no, that, uh, yeah. yeah. That was, that was hypothetical, <laughs> you know, it would be fun to watch. I will say I like watching like old cycling videos and, back when those dudes were, were dope to the gills like yeah it is it's fun to watch because they're superhuman uh, oh, yeah. so if you watch it these days and you're like oh these guys are hurting you know they're i think these guys are clean they're hurting. Yeah, it's just, it's just all hard work no talent what the hell you know yeah <laughs> you gotta inject some talent in there you know <laughs> yeah no they had a lot of talent back then and it's just oh, yeah, a whole it's, lot of talent it is fun to watch even on on these crap bikes I thought that actually initial that Lance Armstrong question, I thought it was going to be more serious. Like Lance Armstrong is on some crap bike from back then and you're on a, the newest. No, I'm talking about bike. like the clowns, the, the clown bike. Yeah. The clown bike. No, but even the bikes back then, like they weren't very good, <laughs> uh, but they were still going faster than, than the dudes are today on a lot. That, that is crazy. That is crazy. And that, that is, I think, I think that's one thing that's exciting about all sports is I guess, I don't know. I, I, I know there's like a big, uh, super shoe, um, you know, argument, and I, I think people trying to say that super shoes don't help is just stupid. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not, like it's not, why would they make them? Obviously they help. You know, I think there's a reason that every event 1500 and up has just gone off the fucking rails, you know? And they're saying like, Oh, like training's better. Nutrition's better. You know, like uh, coaching's better. And it's like, on, like what happens in the last two, one and a half years also, like, yeah it was it was worse when you know a year and a half ago yeah, two like, years ago like but no also so, how frustrating is it i keep thinking about this like the end of our collegiate careers were in just good old victories good old vicks like, good, yeah. good old vicks yeah you know i ran my, my 3k 5k mile pbs were all in just vanilla vicks yeah and like yeah it's like i could be i could be a, a 745 3k runner right now if i, I know for nothing shoot. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I guess it is a good thing about the eight because I don't think the super shoes help in the 800. I've really yeah. seen proof of that. So I guess, you know, I, I guess it's good for me, but definitely like, like, you know, the 1500, like just the results that made region are just absurd. Absolutely it's, absurd. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Wow. Um, and it's like, yeah, people who I was running with two years ago, running 1320 in the 5k. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good coaching, good nutrition, I guess. And that's what they say. Exactly. Yeah. Good traps. Um, good, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I do think that they should just 
go and embrace it because that just makes it that's going to bring more money to the sport in general if yeah. companies can get behind oh well like if if our shoe actually matters and that can like get exciting because I, I know that's one of the big things in like f1 that people you know that that gets some excitement in the off season is like what what team like what cars are they developing like like the engineering team kind of has a spotlight um um so and and i think if we just run away from that kind of like what swimming did with like the the shark skin uh the shark skin yeah. suits like the mid 2010s i don't know I, I i just think it adds an extra element to the sport no i like it and it makes it more about racing than uh time, than time. That's a good like people are, and people keep saying oh time like that's i don't really care that people ran that fast because they're still you know are you in the top 25 u.s rankings or top yeah, 48 in the region like it doesn't matter you have to you just have yeah. to run it, it doesn't run fundamentally faster. change the sport yeah right. you still have to win and it's like the same with uh, a rubber track like it made everything faster it yeah. probably erased every single world record just completely rewrote the books but yeah. it's, you still gotta win the race and uh I don't know. Hopefully people will, I, I don't think it'll change. I think people will always still, I mean, one of my biggest issues, and I know I'm not the only collegiate runner who thought this way, but when you go on the track, you're, you're chasing times. And I was never like chasing the win in a race and it's like, yeah. you start kind of falling off pace. It's like, it's a downward spiral instead of just being in there to compete. But also I think the main thing that people were, were griping about was that nike was the only one i mean they still kind of i guess adidas came out with a, with a pretty every other one. brand's just wearing their shoes yeah yeah but slowly the other brands are going to have a competitive spike and then it's just not going to matter anymore and people are going to stop crying about it yeah and they'll just get back to race and i i think i think once that happens like the the the, the gear nerds are just going to go crazy and i think that's yeah. that's going to be good i think that's i like good. the technology i think is really good when technology and, and sport yeah. fuse because again to go back to cycling and i mean then swimming yeah, uh, it's like having all that cool technology. Uh, one is really cool. Uh, I don't know. I love, I love just looking at bikes, man. We could go on my Instagram. I get okay. caught on the Instagram infinite loop, and it's just pictures of bikes. It's just like aesthetic pictures of really cool bikes, uh, and I will just scroll for hours. And I don't know. It's you know, it's all aerodynamics, super lightweight. It's all carbon fiber. That's and, fine. You know, there's just always new stuff, you know, some 0.1% gain that yeah. this new type of technology, you know, but uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of the spikes. Sure. I'm a fan of the spikes being in the sport and the sort of competition that breeds. And I actually, there was this really interesting question on, uh, I forget, you know, I think it was, uh, it was Chris Chavez and, uh, and Grant Fisher. And mm -hmm. Chris was like, so if you lined up, and everybody had dragonflies and you were in old vix and you feeling confident on the line and you know it's kind of a cop out he's like well you basically like you'd have to convince yourself that it doesn't matter but like yeah i would be i'd be like i'm screwed i have to be so much better than these guys like i, I would yeah. think i can do it but i'll have to be so much better than these guys yeah like if i'm up next to someone who is as good as me and he has those spikes and i don't like I'm just not, I'm not going to win. It doesn't, it's enough of a percentage that like having a yeah. good day or if they have a really bad day, I guess. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That is interesting. So yeah, I guess just hopefully once it gets played out and everyone has these shoes and I guess it's pretty much now, you know, not, it's not like, yeah. like the Adidas schools. Adidas, Adidas just has the spikes and people have been running fast in them. Uh, New Balance seemed pretty good. And yeah. On the road, it already seems, I mean, I think, 
every yeah. Adidas and the Asics ones are are nuts. Good, yeah. yeah. So, and you can see it in, in triathlon also because people don't have shoe sponsors for the most part, so they just what wear what is most comfortable and what they feel the fastest in. And most people wear Nikes, but there's a lot of Adidas and a lot of Asics these days. And hope, oh, really? yeah, that's exciting. So like, that's a good litmus test uh, for yeah. Yeah. Like what is actually the fastest shoe is what the the non-sponsored triathletes are wearing on the on their runs that's true that's true and i, I guess the world record in the half marathon that was adidas, adidas um, yep. so that's good well anyways this is this has been a, a good conversation thank you so much for for getting on uh yeah, thanks for having me great conversation and good luck with everything you know yeah, i'll certainly need it yeah yeah no dude it, it, it's exciting man to say just you know i'll take all the luck i can get because no talent here no talent here. No That's, talent here. Just luck. Just luck, and yeah. Well, well, maybe, maybe uh, you know, if there's no drug test, you can get some talent. <laughs> Eat some burritos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go back to eating meat. This is uh, yeah, specifically yeah. from what was that Guatemala or something. <laughs> Mexico, Guatemala, Mexico, and China. I guess I didn't realize that's where all the meat was imported from. But oh wow, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Anyway. Well, again, the number, we, we didn't answer a, a number or we didn't answer a question on the line. This, this podcast, I guess we kind of ran, ran over time, but you know, that's fine. We still got some good content and still yeah. please call. I know, I know coming up in the Olympic trials, it's going to be tough to get, um, I guess as many, uh, many track athlete guests. So we may do some podcasts just answering questions. So go ahead and lay those, lay those on the line. And, uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed your run. If that's what you're doing, listening to this podcast and, uh, thanks again, Ari. Great time, man. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely.